0: you Happy Sabbath, friends. We are so glad that you chose to join us this morning. Uh, Pastor Miguel is traveling and learning and teaching um, incredible experiences out in uh, Turkey and Greece right now, and so it's going to be me and um, some guest hosts that will be leading our the rest of our journey through this lesson on the crucible and how God is with us in the midst of the crucible. Before, but before I introduce them and we get started, let's have a word of Our good and gracious God, we want to thank you for being the God who stands with us, who fought and even died to be with us. So that even when crucibles happen, we can trust that your presence is alongside of us. Even when we can't understand, we know that you are watching over us. And so guide us as we discuss today is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, I want to introduce my friends today. Pastor Philip is the pastor of our young adult ministry, and he has long been a part of yeah. these broadcasts yeah. before. It's been great to be here. Good to see you, Joe. Yeah, I love having, we always love having Good Pastor Philip with us. And then we also have Kelly Lynn, who is the young adult ministry intern um, and pastoral intern. Yes. Right? Which yes. means that you're philip's boss uh close (laughs)
1: philip's assistant so whatever you told me to do i'll just do it No,
2: no, no. kelly's been awesome to have on our team and we're really grateful that she's in ministry with us she runs our life group ministry with uh, two other girls she does so many other things part of our 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 young adult uh experience here on campus so so glad she's here and looking into pastoral ministry and so This is a great place for us to be part of with you, Joey. Thank you. Uh, Yeah.
0: And it's really been a privilege to have Kelly working with us. She is just uh an amazing deep thinker. Mm. Um, you would never suspect it from her age, but she has wisdom (laughs) beyond her age. God has gifted that um to her. And so. We're so blessed to have her with us Thank today. Thank you, Joey.
1: That is too kind of you. Not going to have high expectations.
0: <laughs> You're supposed to undersell. And, and then, uh, exactly.
1: Oh, wow.
3: I <laughs>
0: broke all the rules of salesmanship.
2: <laughs> and now, Kelly, you, you also have a unique uh, testimony on how you came to faith and, and even your family lineage. Maybe some people don't know that. It would be just kind of fun to hear just briefly. Yeah. Put your whole testimony in life yeah. <laughs> and family within, you know, two minutes. Two
1: minutes, got it. Um, so my dad is Roger Lin, and he is the son of David Lin. And David Lin was a pastor in China, um, in Shanghai, and he was actually persecuted. My dad's whole family was persecuted during the Chinese Communist Revolution. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really have a lot growing up, and... Um, it's really crazy to hear the stories of what they had to go through with that persecution Mm. um, in order to keep their faith and to keep the Sabbath. Mm. And so for me, I've always heard these, you know, biblical giants in the Bible. I've always had so much of my family's history as a deep part of my identity. And so for me, I've always wanted to stay in the faith um, Mm. because at first it was because of my family. But Mm. as I got older, I realized like this is, Part of my history and my identity as well, and I yeah. absolutely love the Christian denomination of Adventism. And um, I started thinking like maybe I should do something in ministry, but squashed it down for many many years until Philip actually approached me with like, hey, we have a we got a position, and um, would you like to take it as a pastoral intern? And I was like, why not? So here, here I am learning all the things. It's been a huge blessing being in this in this church to start off with ministry. Um, mm-hmm and I've loved every minute of it, so. Wow. That's
0: yeah. awesome, what a story. <laughs> wow, so your family has really had a lot of those crucible mm. moments and that you've actually oh, lived yeah. through that Yeah. quite a bit. Wow.
2: Yeah, speaking of crucibles, I mean, that really is a lived experience. We almost should have waited to share that, but it is such a good intro into all of this, just that each one of us comes to the text that we're getting into this this morning Cool. With a life story of suffering in some way, whether mm-hmm. it be religious persecution, uh, physical persecution, unfortunate abuses, and just simply, I would say, even the crucible of loss of expectations mm-hmm. unmet.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, when you believe you should have been somewhere or received something or potentially a job or a marriage or a child or, you know, it just the list goes on. And even those are crucibles of life that mm-hmm. we have to go through
0: so true sometimes that that waiting and the not knowing is as difficult as the crucible itself oh, right? Yeah. and that seems to be what this this lesson's message is all about mm. the waiting in the crucible so i wanted to start by asking you to what's something that you have waited for like w- whether it was when you were growing up as a child mm. or something as an adult um something that you longed for and had and had to wait for and Perhaps it never came about, or maybe you had that fulfillment at some point in your life. So what's something that you, you've waited for in your life? Hmm. Wow,
2: what a question, Joey. Waited for, you know, when I was in, in fifth grade, I, I asked God a strange thing. I don't know why the Lord put it on my heart, but I asked God, would you make me like Moses hmm. to help your people to freedom? Oh, wow. And and I, and I was seeing as a fifth grader, as a, grade. fifth, grader, <laughs> oh, as a wow. fifth grader, I had this, you know, my dad grew up as a pastor. I heard all these spiritual motifs. Yeah. And I remember praying that prayer. We were there in Ohio and I remember being in my bed and I don't know, it was surrounding part of my grandmother passing away and, mm-hmm. and there was just struggle uh, that I sensed with that loss. And then I was experiencing some things at school and seeing different kids and and the and the issues they were facing, and I just prayed, God, help me to be like Moses, wow. to help your people walk into freedom from the captivity of various things they're struggling with in their life. I don't know if I would say I have arrived. I'm I'm doing, but I know that God has given me over the years, as I've now looked back on my life as a child, that ability to help people yeah. kind of enter into that. So it's something I didn't know what I was even asking for. Yeah, but. Years later, I've gotten to experience that in some way as a pastor now helping people and then sometimes as a chaplain. Um, and and it's a beautiful thing to finally come into the realization of something that you've pleaded with God for, mm. whether it be an innocent child's request or, you know, as an adult, God, give me this, please, I need this, you know. Um but, yeah, that, that's something that just kind of hit me. I don't know why that hit me at first, but that was something that I prayed
3: for.
0: Wow. Um, really
1: wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it really is.
0: Wow. When you first said that you prayed to be like Moses, I was thinking, did he want the beard? <laughs> <laughs> I scab? cannot. Like... She, I don't have good know. I wouldn't know <laughs> Wow, that's uh, yeah, powerful. Yeah. yeah. As a fifth grader, I prayed for a Corvette.
3: So I, <laughs> I had those too. I had those
0: too. I had you nice too candy. Yeah. Every day
1: candy. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: my goodness.
2: Wow, no, I mean really I prayed that the cute girls would like me yeah. and then I'd have those nice shoes that we couldn't afford. You know, but yeah. but this one, it was it just, just something that hit mind. me all yeah. of a sudden. I don't know why.
0: That's powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and God did grant the desires of your heart. Yeah, You're leading he people to freedom every to day. Help.
2: Yeah, leave my own self out of out of captivity too at times. So it's yeah.
0: That's powerful. Yeah. So
2: that's one. How about you, Joy?
0: Yeah. So that that's the my story was actually it was probably when I was third, third grade. I, I prayed for a Corvette like every day. I don't know why. <laughs> I was so obsessed with Corvettes. I don't know. I, I think I saw a Shell commercial one. Do you guys Shell gas yeah. station? Yeah. Yeah. So my dad used to work as a mechanic in Shell. And so there was this, every time I would go to his shop, there was this um, white shell Corvette car, right? As sort of the advertisement. And the advertisement, I still remember it. It's like this red car went into a shell and transforms to this white shell Corvette. And it stuck in my mind as something that was really cool. And so I prayed every... I still have not gotten that. Ah. What about a Hot Wheel? So if anybody... You know what? Actually... My parents, at one point, they bought me, um, my dad actually got me a plastic shell Corvette. Yeah, it was one of my favorite toys. And then um, I don't don't remember how old I was when somebody came over and there was a little kid that was sort of obsessed with it. He was playing with it. So when he was leaving, he didn't want to let it go. So my parents told me, they were like, Joey, why don't you give that? Corvette (laughs) and so I did but I I longed to say no
3: (laughs) so I
0: even lost the Corvette but I'd actually said this in a sermon one one time and um the next day one of the next week one of my church members uh a a 10 year old a 12 year old kid gave me his toy Corvette
3: oh and so
0: and it has doors that open and everything it was nice and uh, I still have it in my office. That's to this awesome. Very day. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So John, if you're watching, thank you for that Corvette. <laughs> I, I still treasure it so much. Yeah. Oh, so, awesome. so maybe God did give me the desires of he my did. Heart there. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That's actually
1: so cute and selfless of that 12-year-old. It <laughs> yeah,
0: is. Yeah. Wow. His willingness to give it up. Wow. Yeah.
2: Kelly, what about you?
1: I'm gonna just jump into the vulnerabilities of my life here. Mm. Um I would say something that I really wanted for such a long time was to get into medical school. Mm. I mean, that's why I originally moved to Loma Linda was yeah. because I got into the biomed program, which is part of the medical school program at Loma Linda. And I remember I had, you know, wanted to do PA school and then switched it and then went on to do um, med school. And it was, it's a long process. You have mm. to retake a bunch of classes, you have to take MCATs, you have to, prepare for all that. And so I think it took me about four or five years to ultimately get to the point where I got the acceptance to La Melinda for the BioMed program. Mm. And I was so excited. It was something that I'd been praying for for a very long time. And when I, you know, started the program, um, COVID hit and um, I just lost all desire to study. Mm. I'm an extrovert. And so I was holed up in my home by myself. I got mm. really depressed and anxious. Wow. And I didn't get into that med school class the next year because it's a bridge program, right? So once you're in biomed, you're kind of like led into the class if you keep taking the same classes and you score about the same um, scores at the rest of the medical school class. Mm. And so I remember just being so devastated because I didn't get what I wanted, right? Mm. Um, And it was something that I had thought was a calling from God. But ultimately, I realized like the calling from God is to continue to live really in him mm. to continue to love and serve others. Cause that mm. was why I wanted mm. to be a physician was to serve and to help others. Mm. But how beautiful is it now that I get to do that, but as a spiritual physician, right? Mm. Like in yeah. the, yeah. in the spiritual realm of things and of um, spiritual, spiritual journeys and formations. I think you meet a lot of people who have been traumatized by organized religion or people who maybe grew up in something that was just not a free um, view of who God was or what mm. the gospels truly meant, and to be able to walk alongside those people and to show them who Jesus really is. He suffered as well. Yeah. Um, and he suffers alongside with us. Mm. I think it's absolutely beautiful to look back and be like, that's actually not what I wanted. I was mm-hmm. so miserable mm. in my school. Like, I was like <laughs> crying every day because you don't have time to eat. You don't really have time to shop for yeah. food. Yeah. You just like, find whatever you can in your pantry and just like stick in a bowl and you eat it, you know, like (laughs) there's not really a good like quality of life and so if you're a med student, I am just, I'm praying for you. (laughs) Um, But I think you look back on those experiences of what you truly wanted and then you realize, Mm. I actually didn't want what I thought I wanted. Mm. Um, And God is able to show that as life progresses, as time Mm. progresses and so I'm very thankful for that experience. And Ultimately, it brought me to Loma Linda and Mm -hmm. here I am today. So I'm very grateful for that excruciating experience (laughs) Um, And it really made me Just more thankful towards a lot of my classmates who are going through Med school right now Mm -hmm. and for the doctors and physicians and the nurses and everyone who go through Who go through all that training Mm -hmm. to eventually help those who are physically ill Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Wow, Wow. thanks for sharing that.
0: Yeah Yeah. so even though in the moment it was an excruciating experience now looking back you can have a little bit of gratitude and thankfulness for that experience
3: um
0: even even though it was so challenging and so um because it actually brought some kind of clarity for you as far as the future do you think that's why god makes us wait sometimes is to give us That kind of clarity, that kind of focus about our desires. Like we sometimes think what we want is this. And God is saying, Well, wait a little bit longer Mm. so that you may discover that's not actually what you want or need.
3: Yeah.
0: I don't know. Yeah. What do you think?
1: I think I think that to God, time isn't really time doesn't mean anything to God. Mm. I think because God created time, I think that the time constraints, limits of linear time does not apply to him. Mm -hmm. but to us, it applies to us, right? And so we feel like we are waiting in this crucible. We feel like we're waiting through this suffering, but to God, it doesn't mean mean much. Time doesn't mean much to him. He can be at any place at any time in any moment. And so I think ultimately, um, if you look throughout the Bible, you see how God wants to have this relationship with people. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, I believe that this experience that I've had was ultimately to grow me closer to God. To ultimately, for me, that's what I needed to know, what I needed to experience, or else I never would have considered ministry. Oh. And so I think I I go through these experiences because these are the things that I need. Mm. Kind of like how um, when, when the... You're going to have to help me with this, but when the people who... The Israelites came out of Egypt, mm-hmm. they wanted... They wanted a spokesperson to also, like, speak for Uh them Mm -hmm. when God could easily just speak to them if he wanted to or if they wanted it. But also, they wanted, like, a place of worship. Mm -hmm. But God was like, I mean, if that's what you want, I'll give it to you, right? Mm -hmm. But that's ultimately, God didn't need that. God Mm -hmm. isn't constrained by a spokesperson or a place. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, like, that's what the people needed in order to feel closer to God. Mm -hmm. So I feel like from my experiences, personally for me, I really needed to go through that experience of like, because I worked as a surgical tech for many years. And so when you work in surgery for like six years, you kind of realize like, wow, I could be doing what that guy's doing right there too. You know, like if Mm -hmm. I just go through that school and that training, I could also come out of it like that. So for me, it was this experience of realizing like, maybe med school wasn't the best for me because my lifestyle and the way I want to live is I want to be around people all the time. Mm. But if I'm in med school, you're not around people for the first four years of (laughs) it. (laughs) In residency, you're you're not really around that many people either. So for me, I think it fit my journey um, and what I needed. But I don't know if it's ultimately what God would want for Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And another thing is...
2: Well, what God wanted for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Another yeah. thing is, is when I didn't get into that um, med school program, I remember praying, like, God, if it's to take care of someone this year, maybe someone's going to get sick. Yeah. Then maybe this is the right choice. Mm. Um, and I just, that was like one second of my mind. Mm. And then I immediately just like shut down. I was just like so depressed for mm. a few months. But later that year, I found out that my aunt had stage four cancer. Mm, wow. And her daughters were in medical school and they couldn't take care of her for the last few months of her life. And so I was able to move in with her and help, you know, make a little bit of food and just help out around the house. Mm. Um, and I think for me, like, I think that was healing to know that mm. there was a need that, was, that needed to be filled that year. Mm. And whatever that meaning was, I was just glad to be able to be with my aunt before she passed away. Mm. Um, and I think it was a really rocky time because again you're suffering you're watching oh, yeah. someone that you love suffer so much you don't understand why mm-hmm. um and especially since this aunt she was one of the ones who was you know living in communist china and keeping the sabbath and mm-hmm. so it's really hard to really wrap your mind around well you know she was like if i did all these things for god why am i suffering yeah. which is so hard to answer i don't mm-hmm. think any of us can really answer that yeah Oof,
2: that's a heavy one.
1: A heavy one. That's a
2: really heavy one. I think of actually the passage here that David shares, which was actually in our lesson, Psalm yeah. 37, 7. Here, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. This yeah. idea that, hey, there is good happening to other people mm-hmm. who seem to not be in the path of God's blessing. And yet here, Lord, I'm suffering, you're, you're on, I'm suffering, Lord, I did all of this. Mm. But I also know that scripture is very clear on, hey, God's blessing, the rain falls on the good and the bad, right? He doesn't withhold what is good. And I think that's also a really important thing in the opposite sen- sense. God is not causing evil, mm-hmm. hardship, suffering yeah. right. on good and bad. But rather redeems suffering. I think that's a really important concept to, to play back once again, every every once in a while in our minds when we're going through a tough time, God is redeeming me mm-hmm. and redeeming this horrible situation through this process. As Joseph stated to his brothers, who were very afraid that they were gonna be killed once their father passed, and they're like, I Can't believe this happened to you. Sorry, you know, but don't kill us. And he's mm-hmm. like, Listen, listen. Yeah. What you intended for evil, mm-hmm. God has used for good. This notion of redemption
3: mm-hmm. of
2: that season. And you see Joseph's story of wow, he had a decade of needing to be patient
3: yeah.
2: in his crucible. Yeah. This notion of long suffering. Wow. And even the the Hebrew word itself, the lesson brought out, is suffering and this idea of patience tied together, it is a pain. Mm. To be patient means to 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 strain in a season of pain, yeah. To shake, to tremble, ooh. Yeah.
0: And wow. although there is good that comes out of it, like it says in Psalm thirty-seven, and also Romans chapter five, where it talks about how suffering presu- produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, yeah. hope. There is good that seems to come out of it. There was good that came out of um, your experience, but that. You were saying, Philip, it's important to keep in mind that just because God can bring good out of suffering doesn't mean that God causes suffering intentionally to bring out some good.
2: I mean, on this side of heaven, that is the role of suffering, I think. Mm -hmm. God uses it as a tool in his toolbox. Not that he's, again, the orchestrator of that, but it is a tool that he has at his disposal. In order, because I like how you said it. God works outside of time because mm-hmm. He sees, hey, this will shape you. How long it's going to take? I mean, that might be up to you.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, that's the thing. You can fight against suffering too, right? You yeah. can you can say, oh, uh, I don't want to experience this, and you run the other way. Yeah. But I've I've experienced it in my own life and in, in seasons of relational suffering, um, even professional suffering some kind when i when i walked away out of loma linda to go into a new field with elena in residency talk about medical school <laughs> um you know it's it's you you have to almost dive into the darkness which mm. is a strange thing to say and ask yourself god what do you want to do in here with me wow. that i would never want willingly to walk into, yeah. that I would never choose for myself, Lord, what are you going to do in here with me?
3: Yeah,
2: And that's why I think time is essential, though, mm. because you, you and I are not formed overnight as God creates with a spoken word. Yeah. Our character is formed in the crucible of time.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, when you experience a loss, a tra- traumatic loss, a friend of mine works with Individuals who've dealt with head traumas of serious kind. You know, man, some can't talk. Some are dealing with a lot of difficulty. A good church member of ours uh, back in Laguna, phenomenal gymnast, there at one of our Adventist schools, one of the pieces of equipment breaks.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And she falls some 40 feet down to the ground.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: In the beginning, she, could, she couldn't even talk. She mm-hmm. couldn't even move. Wow. But as time progressed and rehabilitation happened, man, this girl is doing phenomenal things. She isn't back to her same self, mm-hmm. but she is so much further than than we ever thought she would be. Yeah. Because of the possibility of time working itself out, the brain healing itself to some degree. So, I think while God is outside of time, I think he uses time and he uses suffering within that space causing us have to fall through the, the moment of this word called patience
0: in yeah. time. Yeah, yeah that, that point that both of you are making, that God has a different perspective of time than we do, right? Yeah. What does time mean to an eternal God versus finite humans? Right. It's, it's a little bit different. It reminds me of that, of that story of the man who, who was speaking to God and said to God, God, is it true that <clears throat> a million years is like one minute? to you? And he said, yeah. And so then the man said, is it also true that a million dollars is like one penny to you? And God said, that's true. said, well then God, can I have a penny? (laughs) And God says to him, wait a minute. Ah! God has a different perspective of time than we do, right? Um, And yet, because we are in time, That time is arduous to us, especially, you know, these talk about how time is so relative, especially when you're waiting for something, when you're longing for something, it seems to slow down, right? There's times when it feels like time speeds up for us, and there's other times where it feels like it slows down for us. So when we're waiting and longing for something else, there, there seems to be a slowing of time. But you're saying that God can actually use that time, that that time is necessary in order to form us. That time is an essential component mm-hmm. of forming us, is that right? Oh,
1: yeah. i would I would agree with that and I also <clears throat> I also want to just go back on the toolbox because as much as God uses time in his toolbox
3: <clears throat> when
1: when we say that God uses suffering in his toolbox, it sounds like God is causing that pain and that suffering. And as much as like i I actually just I don't agree with that like I feel like God is suffering alongside with us when we suffer. And I think, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, he never intended for suffering to happen. And Mm -hmm. if anything, suffering is a cause of just the world and the sinful world that we live in. And you look at the book of Job and you see all of this suffering happening and it doesn't make any sense, right? right? right, right, And what I come out of that is realizing that suffering is just random. Mm. And maybe to us, like suffering causes us so much pain and it makes me think, like, what does God view suffering as? Mm. Because if God views time as something that isn't, you know, relevant to him, how does he see it differently in, in his eyes of what suffering is? It makes me almost think of um, as as God sees us suffer, he's, he feels the pain that we are enduring. And yet I almost want to say that he might also put a hand on us and be like, it's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's the kind of view that mm-hmm. I see God mm-hmm. as as a as a father figure, as a parent who is crying alongside with us. I know that whenever I got sick, my mom would be like, I wanna be sick because yeah. I wanna take this away from you, you know? Mm. But I think that's how God sees it too, of like, patience, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I know it's gonna happen for you and I don't want this at oh, all yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, But it makes me think, like, how does God view suffering Mm, in terms of his eyes as well?
2: I think Pastor Randy discussed that very idea last week in his sermon, this notion that God suffers with Mm. as opposed to being the God that's outside of the suffering that Mm. we experience. So I I think that fits perfectly with the motif of who God is. So when I say toolbox, I'm intending it to be the idea that on this side of heaven, we experience suffering. Mm-hmm. And so it is something that God can use to shape,
3: yeah.
2: not that he's causing it. Right. But let me be clear. If yeah. I said that in such a way that it portrayed that, I didn't mean that in that sense. But I think I, I love this quote, and I've, I used it a few weeks ago um, um, in, in our panel on Friday night. We were discussing suffering, and it was by... Um, Joni Erickson Tata, and it's this idea that suffering is God's gym for us, mm. you know, in that it it produces a strength that wouldn't exist outside of the crucible, the gym experience of suffering. Again, it might seem like, oh, well, that's God's purpose. I'm not saying it like that in that sense, but but that God uses it to shape and to strengthen. Because I think mm. there's two ways that people can walk through suffering. Yeah. Suffering makes you weaker to many things. You're more predisposed to just feeling emotionally and distraught. You're feeling physically potentially hurt more. You're feeling relationally disconnected. I mean, like physical pain that people go through. I remember as a chaplain, I mean, you just, you're naturally more depressed in some way Mm -hmm. just because the pain numbs so much and it's like, agonizing and excruciating what some people went through but i think as you process through it you can you can i think to some degree get stronger in other ways Mm. um as you have to rely on other things that you haven't had to rely on before relying on others
3: yeah
2: and so you're you're brought to this relational closeness with people i I know when i do marriage counseling with people
3: Mm.
2: they walk in hardship this is a tough season i understand i, I relate my own tough times and marriage and as the months go by and they look back and like oh pastor i'm more in love with mm. my spouse than i was when we started this the suffering brought them together as they had to rely on each other in a way they yeah. they didn't have the ability to do before yeah for one reason or another so i think weakness can emerge but also strength Can come out. As the text here points out, and I want us Mm -hmm. to kind of look at this for a moment. You look at Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory, (laughs) Paul saying, we glory Mm -hmm. in our suffering because, hey, there is something absolutely (laughs) glorious about it because of this. Mm -hmm. Well, what? Well, we know that suffering produces perseverance, this idea of patience. And patience are character and character, hope. There's a sequence mm-hmm. attached to this. Yeah. This idea, again, that you can't just jump from, well, suffering's glorious because it brings out hope. Mm-hmm. Well, how? <laughs> because of the perseverance, your character shape, your personality, who you've become now as a result yeah. of this. Yeah. Paul like, always brings this up every time he's in chains. He was in chains like three or four times. I glory in my suffering, yeah. in my chains, like,
3: what?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. You. You both are making such great points about suffering. That suffering is not um, often intended by God. He does not put us into suffering often. Um, he doesn't, especially in terrible situations. That I, I love how you said it, Kelly. Sometimes it's random. Sometimes it's because of our choices, right? Mm-hmm. We bring about suffering To Sometimes it's because of other people's choices. Yeah. They make choices that bring about suffering. Mm-hmm. And then there are other instances which I think, Philip, you brought out that God sometimes places or leads people into challenging situations, mm-hmm. right? Um, in, in Psalm 23, it talks about how you lead us into mm. the valley of the shadow of death. Oh, yeah. But I will fear no evil because you are with you me. You are with me. You know, it, it yeah. talks about how. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness mm. where he was tempted, mm. right? So it was a challenging um, mm. circumstance. Does that mean that all challenging circumstances are from God? Not, not mm. really, because mm. we talked about all of these other instances. there are reasons why suffering happens mm. to us. Mm. And so I think the challenge comes when we try to equate all of our suffering with just one of these categories mm. when That's there are several different reasons yeah. for our yeah. suffering. yeah yeah.
2: Scripture is full of places. If you just Google. God and testing. It's all throughout yeah. Scripture. This idea that God tests His people. And that's found through the crucibles of suffering. Mm-hmm. And so you will find out, do you curse God? Which, hey, I think to some degree, this idea of wrestling and doubt is a natural process. But And that's what David did in the Psalms. You see as many of the Psalms, it's like, God, how could, you know, my Lord, have you, you know. And then he ends finally after the doubt, after the wrestling, into a space of trust. Yeah. So the suffering was a, a reason for him to doubt, God, do you love me? And I think that needs to be mm-hmm. something that we should really bring out for young adults in particular in this in season of their lives. Like There's so much they go through. Uh, Kelly and I are advocates for young adults mm-hmm. and their sure. journey. and And that's something that we see over and over, whether it's a loss of relationship or school or finances or just trauma that's occurred. And it's like, they're hurting, they're doubting. And many might say, how could you, weak in faith, and are you walking away from God? And it's like, no, this is part of the season of struggle. Mm. This is part of the crucible of suffering. And to some extent, hey, they may walk out of church. Yeah, I've seen that over and over, just meeting with a family yesterday. They're hurting over their child who has, walked out of church because of the Mm -hmm. crucible that they're in and their relationships. And it's tough, but I I just always have to tell them, like, listen, you've taught them well. The principles of Scripture are true. Teach a child while they're young. Teach a child while they're young. Mm -hmm. They're not going to depart from it, even though it might mean they're not in the four walls of the sanctuary. Wow. Because God is powerful enough, as you brought up, Kelly, that he's in the crucible with you, with a hand next to you. Yeah even though you might not be in the four walls of that sanctuary.
0: yeah. Regardless of whether they're in the building of the church or not, God is it with doesn't them. mean that God is with them. Yeah. 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 So then it, how is it, how do we go through these sufferings or trials or tribulations in a way that it actually creates, regardless of where that, or what the cause of the suffering was, how do we go through it in a way that it actually does what Paul writes here, where it creates perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Mm. So how can we, I guess the question is, how can we go through suffering in a way that it actually does bring about good, that Mm. God can bring about good, rather than pushing us away or pushing us away from God? Mm. How do we do that? How do we encounter suffering in a way that it actually brings about good, regardless of what the source of the suffering may be?
1: Mm. I would say the first thing is, therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you are suffering and there's no one you can talk to or there's someone who you don't feel safe sharing your thoughts, to hold it in is also to almost be like drinking a poison Mm. because you're just holding it in. Alone. And I think alone. Right. And I think having therapy is so not only good for your emotional and mental health, but I think it it's almost like taking off this burden Mm. and being able to share it. Um, I think the second thing is to recognize that we are not in this life on our own. Mm. Um, I've always said, like, this life is not mine. And so what, what does that mean for me? It means that as I'm going through a season of, of suffering, I like to look up and look around. And so for me, while I was suffering through the time where I was just, I was so, so sad about not getting into medical school. Uh, we were going through the pandemic and so i thought well i'm going to pick up a new hobby and learn mm-hmm. how to sew because we need masks mm-hmm. right our community really need masks so i learned how to sew off of youtube um and and started a small business just from that season of life and started making masks for the homeless community for people who didn't wow. have any um mostly because I knew that I had to sit in that discomfort Mm -hmm. of whatever I was feeling was, you know, whatever I was feeling was valued and valuable, Mm -hmm. and it's okay to have these feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, how is God relevant still in my life? Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people think that God is in this, like, box of what we imagine God to be in, of you go to church and you sit in these, you know, four walls, you follow the Ten Commandments, and it's very much like this box structure. Mm-hmm. But what I think people fail to almost, to kind of see sometimes is that God finds us wherever we are. God is yeah. so big and limitless yeah. that even if you were to leave the church, God can appear in different people and in different um, interactions mm-hmm. and in different moments of life mm-hmm. that are healing. And it doesn't have to be church. If church is some a place that is hurting you or causing you suffering, maybe a place that's healing is a rock climbing gym maybe Mm. it's at the yoga studio maybe it's somewhere where you find a lot of healing because of the people that you're surrounded with Mm. and in that interaction that is god because Mm. everything that is good is within is Mm. from god Mm. right Mm. um and so i think in the seasons where i was suffering therapy really helped Mm. recognizing that this isn't this isn't going to be the only thing that defines my life. It is a season Mm -hmm. and I will go through it. And whatever that means, um, I have to just continue seeking comfort out of the discomfort. Mm -hmm. And I had a really good community around me Mm -hmm. of having friends that would sit with me, that would cry with me, that would wrestle with these emotions, these questions I have about the Bible Mm -hmm. um, and be able to, Sometimes we just be like, I don't know. I don't know why this is happening, but I know that this isn't forever.
3: Mm.
0: Wow, that's so powerful. Yeah,
2: the fact that God can be found in spaces that we don't always consider sacred, I think is really important to recognize, mm. particularly when you're in a season of suffering. Yeah. You know, there, there have been several books that have been written by theologians about the idea of the bar and the sacred
3: mm-hmm.
2: as a communal space you know there was that sh- tv show that happened what 30 years ago cheers yeah. you know where everyone i think it's
0: fr- more than 30 years Why, ago is right? it more than that it was <laughs> you know, a long I time ago it maybe actually. it was more than that
2: but it was this idea that there is a community that that will that will help you save you take you now where obviously everyone knows your name. where everyone knows your name that's how it goes yeah. Uh, unfortunately, some spaces do have byproducts that maybe are not healthy. Hey, yeah. drunkenness, alcoholism, addiction, you know, okay, right. But the idea being that you might find healing even in a space that isn't condemned Christian mm-hmm. or, you know. But I think that's a really important thing. All truth is, is, is God's truth if it's found even somewhere else. What, what is Romans 1 to 18 to 20? We are all convicted in our Mm -hmm. conscience. And I think that's the the part. How do we go through the process of becoming Mm -hmm. um, sufferers and then finding hope? It it lands here in verse 5. You have been poured into your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And if the Holy Spirit is leading you, He will lead you into all truth. But His truth obviously has to be in conjunction with the Scripture. And so if you're Mm -hmm. being brought into a community that is leading you down bad habits and things that are contrary to the word, hey, you need to probably check yourself in that space. But as God is directing you, I believe the arc of your life will always lead back to him. As these young adults potentially sometimes do stray, you know, when we believe and trust that the Holy Spirit is being poured out into their lives, I think we have to believe that God will direct them and it might take longer than we think Sometimes they might have to go through a season where they're nurtured outside of the church in some way and they find healing. And my prayer is that they do find their way back to church community, that that we do all find uh, small groups here to be a safe and meaningful space. Um, But as Kelly's bringing out, it might need to happen at times elsewhere. I don't Hmm. know. What do you think, Joey? How does that all fit together on the trajectory of suffering to hope? (laughs)
0: Yeah, I love what you're saying, that God is not constrained by our definitions of what is sacred and what is not, right? That God can be found everywhere. And that is that is very powerful. That's not, that's, we're, but to say that is not us advocating that you go to church in the bar instead of
3: <laughs>
0: right? Definitely that's not, that's not, not what we're saying, Definitely but, not. <laughs> but. Like, even in a bar, in a conversation with someone, you yeah. can find that God can have his presence known yeah. and felt and experienced yeah. there in yeah. in a therapist's office god yeah. God's presence can be known and felt yeah. and that his leading is not limited. I remember when i when I was younger, there was this belief that, oh, that guardian angels will not follow you if you go into a movie theater. I don't know if you guys are old that. enough to to remember <laughs> that, but that there were these spaces that were so unholy that God would not step into them. Mm. Right. There was this belief, but, and yet, and yet that is not the message of scripture. I mean, that was the, that was what people argued that Jesus was doing wrong was because he was stepping into these places where sinners congregate Mm. and thus he must not be of God because God would never step into that space. Mm. And yet Jesus did. Mm. God in the form of man stepped into Mm. those unholy spaces and brought his holiness with him, right? Yeah, yeah. So God does not God is not limited by our our constraints of of what um, holiness and sacredness is, um, and so He's able to work with us through all sure, of those things. Sure. So I I think that's sure. such, a, such a powerful truth sure. that you're bringing out sure. there.
2: I yeah. think, listen, if you're called to to ministry as Jesus is, which I believe every single one of us are. God will take you into spaces to reach people for a moment. I remember um, one young man telling me about doing street ministry. Mm. And he was in the middle of New York City up at 2 a.m. with a group of other guys whose purpose being there were to be missionaries on the street. Mm. And they said, Philip, we've seen... All kinds of things. We've talked with all kinds of people. We've been to places we never thought we'd ever walk into, all because we wanted to reach someone for the gospel, helping people find ad- addiction recovery, helping prostitutes literally get off the street. Literally, they got into altercations with pimps that were trying to take the women. And I mean, they got yeah. the police involved. They shared the gospel in the subways. I mean, it was like, wow. But they were mission minded, mm-hmm. even though they had to kind of suffer a little bit with people. Their focus was to reach someone for the kingdom. Uh And and so I think when we go back to the idea of suffering, when the Holy Spirit's leading your life, you will walk into spaces and places that will be very challenging to others. But God has given you that task to stay mission-minded into that space. And sometimes it might be to walk through a journey of suffering. But when the Holy Spirit is filling your heart and mind, and that's why if we were to be practical, How can you allow yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit in your season of suffering? The Word is obviously one of the most powerful ways. Mm. Sitting in the book of Psalms, going to an Ecclesiastes, Mm -hmm. going into the book of Lamentations. (laughs) Pastor Austin, who was on our team, he would always tell us, we don't know how to lament as a church enough. Sitting in the suffering with people, you know. (laughs) Um, But that's a really beautiful place. And then there are so many other ways. I wonder what are some practical ways you guys would add to this idea of how do you help people journey into a space where the Holy Spirit can fill them more
3: yeah. I in their of,
2: season of suffering?
0: I think what Kelly said at the beginning was was so powerful, how she talked about how um, that even in suffering, um, having that perspective, having that attitude of that God is, that this is only for a season, right? That there is something on the other side of this. I think the how we approach our mindset as how we approach suffering makes a huge impact on how we experience suffering, mm-hmm. right? If if our mindset is like, oh, this is so terrible, this is so um, uncomfortable, I don't want to do this like I always say when I'm on a treadmill, right? When I'm on a <laughs> treadmill, it's just like, I, I need a distraction. <laughs> <one. laughs> Maybe that's, I don't very much either because my whole mindset is just, just get through this. Just get through this yeah. fight. Fight my way through yeah. it. Right. Whereas I'm running just as much when I play basketball. Yeah. But my mindset is totally different when I play so basketball. So much right?
2: better to play basketball.
0: <laughs> so that's the point of this lesson play basketball rather than run. Out- <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No. But there is a there I have a different mindset when I'm doing the same amount of exercise, the same amount of running, yeah. when I'm playing basketball versus, versus when I'm on this treadmill or right, elliptical, right? right. right. And right. yet the experience is completely different. Yeah. The experience of time is completely mm. different. So I, and and the writer of this lesson really points this out that our mindset when we approach suffering makes a huge difference, mm. right? When we see the hope at the end, when we focus on the hope, when we focus on what is being grown in us, it has a much powerful, more powerful effect, mm-hmm. which is why also community, I think, is so important because community helps us to focus on other things rather than just the suffering that we can actually find moments of joy, not because of the suffering, but even in the midst of suffering, we mm-hmm. find moments of joy. Mm-hmm. I, I witnessed this at a funeral that I attended recently that it was, it was this very... It was a huge loss to our community. Um, one of our members passed away. And yet, during the fellowship time afterwards, when we were in the fellowship hall together, conversing and eating together, mm. there was laughter.
3: Mm. Was the
0: laughter appropriate? I think it was appropriate. Mm. Even though there was deep sadness, there was deep grief o- over the loss, the community still found moments of joy mm. and laughter and hope. And so that mindset, I think, is a huge yeah. part of how yeah. we endure in a way that it creates. Mm. It creates perseverance mm. and character mm. and hope mm. for
1: yeah. us. And I think, I, I actually love that, what you said, because I think also the mental fortitude that, the mental conversations that we have with ourselves during suffering is super important. Yeah. I know that some people, when they suffer, they think, I deserve this. Oh, I deserve wow. to suffer. Wow. I am just, I, I everything bad just happens to me. Hmm. And I think these conversations that we have about ourselves are even more detrimental than the suffering in itself mm, sometimes. Yeah. Mm.
3: Um
1: and I think we have to almost switch that. And when mm. you have community, it helps you switch that as well. Mm. But switch it to the idea of how does God see you? Mm. Because if God sees you as wow. completely whole. He didn't see you as broken. He sees you as whole. Hmm. He sees you as loved. He sees you as his child. And if he sees you like that, then how much more can we see ourselves? I think Mm -hmm. we were talking about Joseph and his life. And I think a part of it, you know, I I just think of if I was Joseph in that jail cell after he was um, accused by Potiphar's wife um, of, you know, trying to sleep with her. And he's now in jail. I I would imagine like maybe there was just a season where he's just like maybe I deserve this. Mm. You know, maybe this is just what I deserve because it's been my whole life of suffering. Mm. This is my fault. Mm. That, mm. It's my wow. fault. But yeah. instead, we see when he comes out of jail and he's now mm. Pharaoh's you know right hand man. Mm. You almost see this transition of his own of his own character. Instead of saying like. Oh yeah, I know how to interpret dreams because it's me. It's more of, no, this is God. Mm-hmm. This is because of God that I can do this mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And when you switch that mindset of like, okay, it's not about me anymore. It's about how does God see me? Wow. I think that mental like shift also helps you realize like this isn't your fault that you're yeah. suffering. Mm-hmm. God wow. still loves you. God still sees you as whole. So just mm-hmm. stick with him in mm-hmm. that moment. And I think also like one other thing that I was thinking of when you were talking about the um The people who are doing ministry on the streets. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when our own culture sees people out, like, you know, at the clubs or at the bars, we almost have this, like, mindset where we judge them.
3: Oh, sure. You
1: know, and I think it's it's almost detrimental because those people now feel that judgment. And instead, you know, there was a season of my life where I was like, well, I'm just going to go and go to the bars and the clubs and hang out. And at that time of my life, I was also working in a restaurant. Mm. So I worked at that restaurant for four years, and we'd go out with our friends every Friday night and Saturday. I was not at Vespers. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm out at the clubs. And um, eventually, I did decide, like, this isn't healthy for me, and mm. I'm just feeling really tired. And mm. this is this is too much. So I stopped partying, but I still hung out with that group of friends. Mm. And through that season, one girl came to me and she said, Kelly, I don't know what it is. Like it was during one of the work shifts. She's like, you're the, my only friend who knows about God. But I feel like there's something missing in my heart. We don't know how to fill it. I mm. don't know what it is. And I was like, oh, friend, that's God. You know, and we had Bible studies. And it was, it was yeah. so cool to see like God, even if I went through that season of just like going crazy at the clubs and you know, having these, like, probably not the best life decisions in my life, but realizing, like, I went through all that for one friend who would oh. eventually meet God. Oh. I think God really does bring this beautiful community and, and different aspects in ways that you never imagine. And oh. I never would have imagined that I would, I wasn't, I didn't ever think I was a missionary. You know, I wasn't like, I'm here to be oh. a good example for you. I was oh. like, I just want to be your friend. I just want to oh. grow in this, friendship in this community together and through that we were able to trust each other Mm. and share these deep things together wow never would have called myself a missionary i still don't really like the word either i'm just like i'm just here to be your friend you know (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: awesome but kelly what you're saying is so wow so profound that during suffering focus not on what we think about ourselves but think Focus on what God thinks of us, Hmm. how God sees us. Hmm. And that's how we get to the other side. So I want to end today by reading from the full Psalm, Psalm 37, verses 1 through 11. And this is a beautiful picture of how God sees us, right? That he says, do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers, Mm -hmm. for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out his wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath, do not fret, it leads only to evildoing. Mm. for evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked man will be no more, and you will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. Mm. But the meek will inherit the earth. Mm. So trust God and let let God's vision of who we are lead us Mm. through suffering. Mm. Thank you so much for Mm. joining us today. Mm. Pastor Philip, could you pray for us? Yeah, I'd
2: be happy to. Amazing God, we come before you right now, Jesus, knowing that you are the God who is with us in the midst of our pain. You're the God who's seen our past mistakes and loves us still. And Lord, we just come before you as a people who are also eager for you to Keep reminding us of who we really are in your sight, your children, beloved and cared for and nurtured. Father, I pray over those that are watching here this afternoon, morning, or evening when they're watching this. God, speak into the pain points of their life. Give them the patience that you're calling each one of us to in the midst of our suffering to know that even if it isn't in this life, but in the one to come, all things will be made new. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
3: Amen.
0: Friends, thank you so much for joining us and keep God's vision of who you are forefront in your minds.